Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech so that you can cut through all the noise, know which developments you should be paying attention to and what you should do about it so that you can become a better marketer and grow faster. Today is Friday, September 14th, 2018. We're coming to you from Pepperland Marketing, Cheshire, Connecticut. This is episode number 20. Which is <laughs> you just held up ten, yeah, you fingers. Held up ten, ten fingers. fingers. <laughs> Two sets of ten there fingers. There we go. He did it twice. Okay. Last week we said it was episode number four or something like that because yeah. we recent well, we started the stack a year ago um, as a Facebook Live series. And we screwed that up so many times. It was it was really cool. It was a lot of fun, but we kept running into uh, issues where like, you know, the internet wasn't running as fast as we needed it to or Sean, we, Sean says we screwed up. I, I like to think we had an extended learning session. Yes. It was an extended learning session. So that stopped when? It was a summer of learning. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we started in the spring, went through the summer and then wrapped it up in Well early. if this is episode twenty and yeah. we've had this is technically episode five oh, of the new version. Math. That means we did fifteen episodes yes. um of the video version yeah. on Facebook Live, which is like three months. So if we started in May and in August, September. Wow. Right. Right. And it, it, I, I mean, I thought it was good. We, we had people who are following along each week. Um, it really helped us figure the ins and outs of Facebook Live, which was pretty neat, um, which was a very kind of trendy thing, I would say, last year. It still is very important. Right. Um, but uh, we paused for a period of time, decided to bring it back in podcast format. So audio only, although we may layer in video in the future. Um, Once we figure out the podcasting <laughs> stuff, we'll probably layer in the video. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, now this is not, this is episode five of the new audio only version, but it's really 20. It's 20. Yeah. 20. So we've been at it for 20 weeks now. Wow. Wow. All right. So I am one of your hosts, Sean Henry. I'm a second one of your hosts, Tim Stavrosky. <laughs> Are we all hosts? Yeah, we're, we're co-hosts. All right. Well, I'm Ryan Sylvester. I don't think I'm a host, but we, I'm here, along, here host, for the ride. We host together. Yes. Oh. Um, how's your week going guys? Well, we were just talking about how the allergies are coming back and yeah. how defeated I feel today, but I, f- I feel defeated too, <laughs> which is not good. Yeah. I don't feel defeated, but like I explained earlier, I feel sticky. I don't like that. My lungs are just like sticky. I'm going to say a very Oprah like statement right now. I don't feel like my best self. Oh God. <laughs> I hate that. All right. All right. I hate that so much. <laughs> It's like everyone on everyone on Twitter, Instagram, just living my best self or life my or best what. Life. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know if that came from Oprah. If that's somebody else. I mean, it's definitely an, it's an <laughs> Oprah, Oprah thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, allergies, boo, muggy, damp weather, boo. When is it gonna get cold? I, I thought happy. we had like a little sneak peek a couple of days ago. I'm so happy that um, I believe they said Sunday is going to be mid 80s Wait, again. what is there to be happy about that? That's a terrible thing. Because the summer is not yet over. Summer is over. And you you autumn pushers are like the downfall <laughs> of society. Sunday's going to be I, 79. Controversial thought of the week. I um, had my first ever pumpkin spice latte. Ah. Or I ordered my first ever pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks mm. because I was like, I have to see why everyone loves these things. I took one sip and knew that it was disgusting. And I ordered <laughs> a hot Americano with a few ice cubes. I drank the Americano. And I gave my mom the pumpkin spice latte as if I had bought it for her. Well, that was very nice of you, Tim. So, yeah. Well, I lied to her. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some son wow. you are. <laughs> yeah, right. I will uh, never drink a pumpkin spice. Any- it was. Well, except for maybe the only... The only beer that I'll drink that's pumpkin flavored is the Wachusa beer. That's it. I mean, it was it was essentially just coffee with like 
I'm doing the shaking motion of like a McCormick pumpkin spice. It was disgusting. We really need the video. People do not understand all the hand movements that are happening right now. Yeah. I I really like pumpkin spice flavored things when it actually tastes like pumpkin. Um, It doesn't always. But uh, yeah, I stay away from those pumpkin spice lattes because it's like, you know, gobbles and gobbles of sugar. Yeah. Well, it's also um, like five bucks for a small. Right. Welcome to the nutritional podcast for <laughs> marketing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, marketing wise, some interesting news this week. Shall we get into the weekly roundup? Let's do it. All right. So every week we share some of the news, trends, stories that caught our attention that we think you should pay attention to. And uh, Ryan, you want to? I'll kick Start us off with yours. I'll kick us off. So the headline for this article it comes from the Google team. It says deliver the best message across the web with responsive display ads. So. Uh, It starts out saying, great display ads assist consumers using rich images and useful information. However, showing the most relevant and engaging ads across millions of sites and apps isn't easy. That's why they're rolling out display ads or RDA. I'll vouch for that. It's not easy. Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) not. Especially like we were just talking about, if you have an image or, you know, and you have to resize it for every... You know, particular section, but these... It's a lot of time. So so maybe not that it's difficult, but it's tedious and time wasting totally so for those who don't know you can launch display ads through google ads and uh that allows you to place your ads on half the web if not more yeah those time in general those tend to have a lot less click through than the search ads though yeah you, you want to do display usually if you're you're trying to um drive like a lift in, like your brand awareness yeah. mm-hmm. um versus getting a direct response although if you're doing remarketing campaigns um, you can get a direct response and that can be very effective. I, I mean, it's, it's obvious that they get more engagement just having like the search ads, but some of those, um, uh, the display ads are pretty catchy. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't yeah. think of one in particular right now, but sometimes I'll be like, whoa, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to click on it, but I think, whoa. Yeah. Just me personally, like, like with search ads, I just tune out yep. yeah. display I'm ads because I, yeah. I just, I, I am totally blind to them unless I already know and like the, the brand. Yeah. Then I just get excited, like, "Oh, look, SEM Rush is targeting me." But yeah, I don't. Yeah, they I, target I, me a lot too. <laughs> we already pay for you, SEM Rush. I feel like it's because our phones are listening to us whenever we ask, "Are you using SEM Rush? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do this in SEM yeah. Rush?" And the, the the word it gets picked up. Remember when we tweeted? We were going back and forth uh, a couple of days ago with one one wheel or one wheel ride or whatever. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that, that like, um, cool little scooter thing that going back oh, and forth. Yeah. yeah. yeah and now right. I am getting tons, tons of ads. And are video. you really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so now you we can, will, we will brag all about one wheel rider if they are listening and it's they would so like so expensive. To, I just, can I have one to try for we, a day? We'll record a podcast on a one wheel rider. Right. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, was I, Tim, was this yesterday? Cool was I out of the, was it when no, I was out of DMV? I think it was over the weekend. Because you guys were hanging out over the weekend? No. Because we're out in the the country here, Tim. People aren't really using uh, one-wheel riders in Cheshire. Um, But if uh, you were a city dweller, you'd see them everywhere. Yep. Right? Um, All right. Going I saw them in Boston. Yeah, Indiana, actually. Yeah, I think it was their product. Oh, is it the thing that's one giant wheel with like a board on the? Yeah. I said, oh, it's pretty okay. cool. Well, I guess the name. Tim's pretty, up to speed now. The name yeah. defines what it is. So load up to fifteen images, five headlines, five descriptions, and five logos. Um, so it was previously only one or two, I think, for each section. So now you can get a. Uh, you're pretty diverse with your your Google copy, making so. it easier for you to spend money. Right. I say they must uh, for when you're getting with like those bigger display ads, it must be charging more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably. Is it 
Is it a bid? Are you I, bidding I, for that space though? Do you, I don't know the yeah, answer. Yeah, it's, it's all a live auction. Okay. Um, it, so, I mean, it works very similar to um, regular search ads, ads but yeah. usually, well, yeah, instead of paying for a click, you're paying by the impression typically. Okay. Um, but uh, it, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is a way for Google to make it easier for you to spend money. So, they're going to probably make billions off the change. Um, because it is very tedious and uh, difficult to to make sure your your ads and your message displays in all the eligible places because of all the different ad sizes. Mm. And if you're regularly rolling out new ads and changing your messaging, which you should be, I mean, that's a lot of work, right? Yeah. So um, this responsive approach, it does make it a heck of a lot easier to make sure you're you're getting your message out on the, the sites that you want to advertise on. Um and that is ultimately probably going to be good for those marketers and those brands and those companies who are leveraging this to uh, raise brand awareness. Um, so but it's a good thing. It's a win-win, yeah. I think, yeah. for both sides. Yeah. yeah, Much like regular search ads, it'll, you know, grade you and judge you on mm -hmm. what you do. So Of course. Yeah. Very there you cool. have it. Very cool. What yeah. else we got, guys? Well, so also in the world of Google ads, um, another article over on Search Engine Land. This one is... Um, titled Google's exact match close variants expand again now include same meaning variations. I have no idea what that headline means. Well, so it's the a mouthful. Yeah. yeah. So the, and this, who wrote this one? This is um, over on search engine land. It's by Ginny Marvin. Um, and the, the way that um, the exact match keyword targeting has like worked in the past um, like it, it's expanded a couple of times. There have been a couple of updates to how it, how it works. It used to just mean um, the keyword had to match exactly whatever the person searched for. Then it, you know, close variations, close variants came into the mix. Um, and then they, uh, they had a recent, uh, the past few years, there was another um, update where it's like misspellings and, and the close matches were, were added in because, you know, the algorithm knew that that's what the searcher wanted. Well, now it's not just close words or mm. close variations or, or misspellings. It's also, you know, um, the intent. The intent behind the search can now trigger your ad even if it's not an exact match, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Do you have an example of that? I do. So in this article, they give a, a great example um, where like if you are targeting Yosemite camping, with an exact match um, ad. I'd like to camp in Yosemite. It would be pretty cool. Yeah. My buddy did. He said it was awesome. Yeah. But anyway, if, <laughs> so if, if, yeah. if you're targeting Yosemite camping um, with an exact match um, ad and someone searches with the keywords Yosemite campground or campsites in Yosemite, mm -hmm. those keywords aren't even like, I mean, they're, they're, they're topically close, but they're not close in terms of, of the keywords themselves. Yeah. Um, but because the intent is the same, you're looking for the same thing. They would right. trigger, yeah, um, the and, same ad, and that makes sense. I I think uh, um, we we talked about this a bit before we recorded. Probably for ninety percent of advertisers, especially those who are are doing it on their own, you know, in addition to all their other day to day tasks, um, this is probably going to be a good thing. Um, it'll allow you to reach people who are looking for or need the same thing. Um, without having to come up with every single variation under the sun. And we know that those variations are expanding rapidly by the day. Um, but for the really sophisticated folks, you know, those who are working with with agency partners um, or have just been at it for a really long time, um, I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm a little worried. I could think of a handful of our clients where 
there are, um, you could swap the words around, like just reverse them. And, and they could mean really different things. They can mean very, very different things. Right. And um, a lot, some folks have done just a lot of analysis. They've really dug deep into their data. They've looked at exactly what phrases translate into leads, into paying customers. And they might not want that change. So I'm, I'm a little bit cautious about it. Then again, I probably will have no choice but to, uh, <laughs> you know, submit to Google's will. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know. I could see it. I could see it backfiring. Then again, I haven't looked into this, but maybe that's something you'll be able to control with, with yeah, negatives, um, right? So right now I don't see, um, I'm not seeing like, is there something you can toggle yeah. on and off? Of course. Yeah, you could. If, if, if they're showing that you're, if, if they're showing that your ad is triggering for certain queries and you know that they're unrelated, yeah. you can add them as negatives. Now, if you're not doing um, search ads at all, so you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I don't care about this because I don't advertise on Google. I'm focusing on my organic presence. Um, this, the, the change is still something that I think you want to pay attention to because this is in response to two, um, two kind of key trends that we're seeing. One is that as um, people become more comfortable with technology, they are searching in a much more natural, conversational, human way, very less rigid um, and that is leading to a very dramatic expansion of um, search queries that Google's never seen before um, on a daily basis. Um, and all of those different variations may have exactly the same tent. So it, it is getting harder to predict the exact language that somebody is going to use to do a search. So this change is good for you in, in that regard. And they're making similar changes with, um, with their, their organic search mm. um, um, algorithm as well, right? Um, the the second trend is just what I I just mentioned that you know Google is paying more attention to understanding intent, and they're really doubling down into you know their technology uh, to be able to really understand what it is you need, right? Yeah, and I um, mean this stemmed directly from their machine learning initiative. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it just it's Google learning right. from Google, which is crazy. So you're gonna see this across everything. Um, even the new iPhones, like, you know, they're, they're doubling down in this type of thing, trying to understand you, get into your mind, which is wild. But, uh, all right, cool. You got anything else done? I do. So, um, not, so moving away from ads, cause that was a little bit, a lot on ads, but sticking with the theme of Google, um, Google, <laughs> Google, um, this, another article over on search engine journal, uh, this one by Robert Monty, um, is titled Google on how to improve sites that don't rank. And um, this, essentially, this is Google's John Mueller is discussing what um, would make a search engine want to include a different site into search results. Um, specifically, targeting the question of, my site is just as good as what's currently ranking. Why am I not also ranking? Um, and more or less, his answer is just as good is not good enough. Um, if you're offering exactly the same stuff that's currently ranking, why, why would that be enough to outrank them more or less is, is yeah. his guidance. Um, and he offers some really, um, really good tips, um, for getting your, your, your content listed, um, your content, you know, outranking your competitors, um, which it, it do you have any first? What, well, are, what are your thoughts? And then we'll go my, to Google. I so uh, I think he gets criticized quite a bit because he he tends to give these 
kind of very simple answers which apply to some of these questions which you know if you, if you were like a, a really technical SEO, yeah. um yeah it, it could be frustrating um but i think on their end put my empathy cap on um <laughs> <laughs> sean wears a lot of caps yeah i bet you they must be so frustrated when like they you know they hear all these people asking questions about like super super advanced technical things and obsessing over algorithm changes when 90% of the web is just garbage. Yeah. And um, if people just focused on improving the quality of their website, um, making the experience more pleasing to its users, more usable, um, providing more value in the, the content that you're creating, trying to understand what your customers, what your searchers actually want, that would have so much more value. It would go so much farther in growing your traffic, helping you get more customers from the web. Um, than obsessing over some of the the technical things that a lot of people just jump to. I mean, the the stuff that we've written, the stuff that I've written, the stuff yeah. that you know that does best is the stuff that answers a real question or a real problem, um, yeah. in a natural way, the way that the reader wants, right. and that you know just offers some real value. Yeah, yeah. So I think with this question, like you know. The, you feel bad for somebody who asks the the question, and then like you know the whole internet kind of, uh, amplifies that, but, um, you know, they're asking a question as though there's some like mystery, like, is there some trade secret or something? Um, when reality is, you know, if they just make their website a little bit better. Yeah. Well, and, and so to that point, when I first saw his, his feedback, like it's good feedback, but it is kind of, you know, it's stuff that you should be doing with your content yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of his, what, what were you going to say, Sean? Oh, I, I, I'll let you finish your thought because okay. this is something that people like to make fun of me about, but okay. I'll, I'll get back. Well, so just a couple of his um, recommendations are, you know, if you're finding that your content is good, but not quite there, you could, um, you, or you should conduct some competitor research to identify the characteristics of their sites yeah. that you should potentially include as mm. well as how you can stand out. Um, you should read reviews about your competitors from non competing sites to see what they list as positives and negatives. Mm. And again, double down on, on that with your own content. Um, you should find a unique angle for any content you create. Kind of obvious there. Um, and you should be the only site doing something. Yeah. Differentiate, you know, provide value, do your homework, right? Yep. So thank you, John Muller. Yeah. Um, but back to Sean for a thought. Well, my, well, also my thought. So <laughs> when, when Google plus came out, I, I really geeked out over it. I thought it was great. And I thought it was great because I was able to have conversations with all these, uh, people who were previously out of reach. Um, it was just a very like kind of conversational network. Um, and there was no garbage, you know, none of the, like no memes, none of the, nonsense that you see memes out of I'm not garbage. I'm, yeah, Sean, you what? are in the memes are not. Memes <laughs> are like, they're fun. They're fun. But like, you know, no like you know, you don't it's feel, not meaningful. No articles about like, like you potatoes some that brain look like cells. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that's you know, that eventually started to change. But in the early days it was just like really intelligent, top notch conversations. I was all about it and everybody mm. was like, you know, this sucks, man. Well, Why it, are you wasting time on it? Kind of does. I mean, okay. It does. Yeah. Well, yeah. User interface now, so it wise, it was terrible i didn't think so i thought it was the best when it came out but it did not it did not compete right it did not last uh it didn't catch on the way that they hoped um you know and many 
would now say it's a failed experiment. I, well, but, but they have learned a lot from it. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing that has survived from the Google Plus days is Google Hangouts, which is still pretty heavily used. Um, and uh, oh, this article is coming from a, um, a weekly Hangout that he, he hosts. Was, yeah. And that is still like, if you tune into one of those, like it's kind of hard because they're at weird times and it's like an hour and it's just people like talking and stuff. But, uh, you know, listen to it in the background. You'll, you'll get some really valuable uh, takeaways and get a deeper understanding of how search works. And that's where like 90% of all this news from Google comes from is yeah. these weekly hangouts that he hosts. I will say, I didn't realize um, hangouts came from Google plus. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that yep. is kind of cool. Totally. So my story kind of piggybacks off that same theme. And this came from Rand Fishkin on spark Toro. spark Toro. You know, this is his new company from their blog. And the headline is you've got product market fit. What about marketing market fit? And that headline caught my attention because earlier in the week I was listening to a podcast that Databox has, and um, they were talking about this whole idea of um, picking a CEO based off your go-to-market strategy and, and finding the fit there. So I'm like, wow, this is a different angle about that fit. So sparked my interest. I clicked through, and um, here's kind of the, the key point that he makes. He says, if you're a smart, responsible, thoughtful marketer, You'll do something like this. Step one, figure out which of oh, this is if you are um, doing marketing for, I think, a, like a restaurant or somebody who's selling to chefs. Right. So I, I missed that part. So if you're trying to sell to chefs, here's what you're going to do if you're a smart, responsible marketer. Step one, figure out what chefs and restaurateurs. Am I saying that right? Restaurateurs. Restaurateurs. Yeah. Restaurateur. There you go. <laughs> you say, you anyway, figure out what they pay attention to who and what they listen to, what they watch, how they select new equipment, and who they trust. Spend time in all of those places with those people at those events, listening to and learning about your audience's behaviors. Step two, determine the stories and messages that resonate with them. What are their primary complaints and problems? What would make them switch or upgrade their current equipment? When and how do they buy? This usually means talking to lots of customers, potential customers, and sources that influence these customer targets. Step three, elevate your mark, your marketing budget. Oh, evaluate, I'm sorry. Evaluate your marketing budget, your strengths, weaknesses, assets, et cetera, and select tactics, organic and paid, to reach your audience in the places they pay attention to with the messages that resonate. Now, um, a big part of that is what we do for our clients. We, we do a lot of this research. Um, you know, we, we dive in to, to do our homework, to uh, develop a strategy, and that strategy ultimately leads to a handful of tactics that we um, think our clients should execute on. Um, but the, the key thing he points out in the rest of the article is that this makes sense. This is a good way to plan your marketing. Um, but most marketers don't do this. Most marketers who want to do this aren't given permission to do it. Um, it's very rare that agencies are given permission to do this. And I think that's totally true. Um, we've talked about this uh, a lot recently that, um, you know, there's so much value in really getting a deep understanding of what, you know, what is keeping your customers up at night? Like, you know, what is making them tick? What are they actually trying to achieve in their day to day? And, um, what Rand points out is that I'm going to quote him again. He says, you need to spend time in all of those places with those people at those events, listening to and learning about your audience's behaviors. So Yes, start with a tool, right? You know, mine the data that's available to you, 
but the best way that you're going to understand your customers and how to craft messages and strategies and campaigns that are going to motivate them to buy from you is you have to walk in their shoes, you know, meet with them, speak with them, go to where they work. And nobody does this. And as an agency, if, if we were given that permission, right, to go that deep with our clients, customers, I just know without a doubt, we would be able to provide much, much more yeah. Yeah. value. The right? more and more time that we spend talking about yeah. understanding the customer, the, the better the result, right. obviously. Right. Well, I mean, in, in the cases where we have spoken with actual customers, you, you Best just, insights. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And I, I, I get it. You know, this, it's, it, it takes a lot of time. Um, it costs money, right? So if you're going to hire an agency to do this for you, it's going to, it's going to cost you quite a bit, right? Um, because it's, it's hard work. Um, but, uh, it, let's say you're restrained by budget, do that homework internally. Right. And, you know, if, if you are the president of the company, do that homework and, you know, share those insights with your, with your marketing team or your agency partner, whoever it might be, but, but do your homework early on and then come back to it every few years, like make sure is that those early assumptions, that early research that we did, is that still valid or has the market changed in some ways? I was going to say you missed, you missed the most important step, step four. Well, step four was experiment, learn, refine and repeat. Yeah. 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 But you got to it. So, right. I mean, everybody, they jump to the second two, second two steps here. Um, you know, what, what are, what are the tactics going to be? And then once they're executing those tactics, how can we do it a little bit better? Um, some people actually map out the strategy uh, before they dive into tactics, right? So you hear that a lot, you know, strategy before tactics, firm believer in that, but there is a step before it. And that is, you know, doing that research, you know, developing empathy for your customer, um, walk in their shoes, right? Um, you need to be able to do that if you're going to develop a strategy that's actually going to work. And if you're just jumping straight to tactics, you're going to waste a whole lot of money and you're probably going to burn your brand, you know? And well, and also that makes it a little less fun. What? If you're, <laughs> if, if you, if you're just jumping straight like to copying, tactics, pasting your then yeah it, yeah, it becomes robotic. It's, yeah. just, it's just a lot less fun than when you actually like go yeah. through the process of really understanding who you're targeting. Yeah. For me, one of the most interesting things that, um, you know, we do as an agency is we, we, we do, we, we get to dive deep and understand these different worlds, right? These different industries, uh, job functions, types of people who, you know, we otherwise never would have had a chance to explore. Right. Like, and that's just mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Yeah. I know way too much about way too strange industries. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, a bit of a rant there, but, um, you know, if, if you are one of our clients, yeah, I mean, we, we want to do this kind of work for you. Um, if you're not, or if you're working with another agency, like invite them to, to do that. Let them speak to your, your customers. Um, and you'll, you'll see a, a big return on that. So even just, I mean, some potentially small things, um, like how difficult was it for you to, for them to contact you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Just pick up the phone, call one or two, two of your customers to start, send out an email, or a survey to your database. Do, just do something, take baby steps. Right. But, um, but yeah, you want to develop that relationship, get that feedback loop going. I think that's it guys. That Covered was, a lot of ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're, uh, if you're listening and you like what we're doing, I uh, would love it if you left us a review on, um, what do they call it? I want to keep saying iTunes, but it's actually Apple podcasts, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you go into iTunes, you can just toggle to the podcast section and search the yeah. stack and we should be in there. Well, wherever you found review. us, um, 
leave us a nice little review. Yeah. We're also putting these up on YouTube now. So yeah. you could also uh, leave us a nice so, comment yeah. or subscribe. YouTube, YouTube blog, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, our, our blog, yeah. com slash. And blog. here's a fun thing. If you leave us a review, please email us or tweet to us. It's at PepperlandMKTG, marketing for short. And um, we will send you a t-shirt. Oh, snap. Okay. So only from now until next week. So leave that review. You'll get a nice, nice, cool Pepperland t-shirt. Some swag. Yeah, some swag. Some swag. All right. We will see you next week.